This is JC Talks, a leadership podcast, episode 36 with me, your host, JC Hurtado Prater. Today, we're talking about pragmatic greatness. We're in this book, and we're probably going to stay in this book for a little bit of time. It's called Leadership, the Inner Side of Greatness, the Inner Side of Greatness, a Philosophy for Leaders by Peter Kostenbaum. And in this book, towards the beginning, he defines greatness, and I love his definition. So we're just going to dive right in today and talk about what greatness means. And this week, we're going to talk about pragmatic greatness. So that means practical greatness, what that means. And next week, we're going to look at what it means to have philosophical greatness. He defines the problem. Peter Kostenbaum, he defines the problem. And here it is. Business is a permanent white water condition. So by that, he means if you've ever gone white water rafting, and I have not done that before. I hope to do that at some point in my life. From what I hear, you get in this boat and you're just all over the place and it's just constant chaos and you're, you're trying to navigate the waters. And the more, uh, the more dangerous the river that you're on or the body of water that you're on, uh, the body of water that you're on, the more dangerous it obviously is for you and the more chaotic it is, right? So, it's, uh, so business is like that. It's a permanent white water condition. And if you're in business, you understand that there's constant chaos um, and it's random or lawful chaos, but it's, it's added with the complexity of human freedom is what he says here. So you've got chaos that's out there, right? And then you've got human freedom that's kind of there. So here's what he has to say. He says, you must therefore change, work smarter, not just harder, work differently, not just better. Work in breakthrough ways, not just incrementally. And we're going to talk about that here in a few weeks as well. So he says this, the solution to this, and this is what we're going to talk about, pragmatic greatness. He says the solution is to develop a leadership mind. Leadership means greatness in all you do. Now, I don't want to just stop there because it would be easy to stop there and say leadership is greatness in all you do. And what does that mean? Right. That's one of those motivational speaker, you know, gets up there and says that leadership means being great. And, and you're left with, well, what does that mean? Well, it means to be great in everything you do. Just be great. Well, what does that mean? We're going to talk about that today. Pragmatic greatness. And here's what Peter Kostenbaum has to say. Pragmatic greatness is effectiveness. Effectiveness. So let's dive in. He's got 10 different ways to be effective, 10, minute, you know, 10 different ways to reach this idea of pragmatic greatness. Number one is this, be effective. Emphasize results both through management, by objectives, and by process. I love that idea of process. So it's not just one or the other. Some people get really caught up in the process. Some, some people get really caught up in the objectives. And what he's saying, it's got to be both. And, and, and we have to have results in both. So a lot of times you'll have a leader, maybe you've been there before, who is so focused on the process, but the objective is never, uh, you know, the outcome is never achieved. 
but they're just focused, focused, focused on the process. And you have other people who are so driven by the outcome, so driven by the objective, and you've probably worked for them before, but, but the process is just all over the place. It almost, I would say in a lot of organizations, they would do well to understand, and I believe this, that there are people, there are leaders that tend to be more objective-based and there tend to be leaders that tend to be more process-based. And I think if, you, if you're smart, you merge the two, right? Because there are some people who just love the process and they, they're much more effective in leading the process and putting together the process you need because every business, every product, every service needs a process to it. But if that's all you think about, that's, all, that's when we get ourselves into trouble. That's when a customer needs help with something. And, you know, the answer might get us outside of the process. And we're so process driven that we can't really help the customer because we're so stuck in the process. Or some companies have so many layers of standard, um, you know, standard processes, you know, standard operating procedures. I heard about one the other day that has an SOP. They have 15,000. Now, this is a Fortune 500 company, but they have 15,000 SOPs. No, 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 I'm sorry. 13,000 SOPs. They brought in an auditor and the auditor told them for a company of your size, you definitely need SOPs, but you need about 5,000. And this company has more than twice that amount. That's a company a little bit focused, a little too much possibly on process and not enough on the outcome. So both of those have to be, you have to have results in both of those. If you have great processes, but it's not leading you to great objectives, it doesn't matter. If you have great objectives, but your processes are all out of whack, that's when you're going to have frustration. On both of those, you're going to have frustration with your team members. Great outcomes, bad processes, great processes, no, no good outcomes. It's just going to cause frustration. So number one is be effective. Number two, understand that leadership is a mindset and a pattern of behaviors. So it's the mind and it's what you do. It, it is to have made a habit of a new way of thinking and a new way of acting. And that's what this idea of greatness comes from. It, 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 take pl- it takes place in your mind and it is shown out through your actions. So you can't be great if you just have a great leadership mindset. No one's going to know about it. Your products are going to suffer. You can't just be great if you're not acting, Right. So it's a new way. And I love what it says, that a pattern of behaviors. It's a mindset and a pattern of behavior. So again, a pattern means it's something you do over and over and over again, going back to that idea of being effective, being consistent, having a system, having a process, right? A pattern of behaviors. Number three, be prepared to wake up and to change your perceptions and concepts radically with respect to the human potential and to cultures. Okay. So, so this idea of transformation, right? It's got to be a radical transformation. You got to be, be prepared to, you know, to do that. The, the world is constantly changing in terms of human potential and cult, you know, and cultures. And you understand that these are, I do believe when it comes to this idea of culture, organizational culture, it is absolutely something you can control, but it takes a lot of intention, a lot. And culture is made up of the behaviors of the people within the group, right? So you have to define those. But you've got to understand that these things are constantly changing, human potential, culture. And so as leaders, we have to change our perceptions and concepts, right? 
and, and almost in a consistent basis. This is one of the hardest aspects of leadership. And if you're in leadership, you understand this, is that the world is constantly changing. The people that are working in your organization are constantly changing, or at least they should be. Their worlds are constantly changing, right? Concepts out there are constantly changing. And so we have to constantly be, this is what makes leadership so hard. And and if you're not up for it, if I'm not up for it, then we've got to stick to being an employee. And there's nothing wrong with being a great employee, but a great employee, it gets to kind of react and, and, hey, you know, boss, tell me what to do and I'll make it happen. But as leaders, we've got to constantly be changing this mindset, right? So we talked earlier about having this leadership mindset, pattern of behaviors, but that mindset has to constantly be changing because the world around us is changing. So you got to be prepared to wake up and change your perceptions radically. Number four, again, we're defining pragmatic greatness here. So these are actual ways that you can be great. Number four, lead by teaching leadership, by empowering. I love that word. And what does empowering mean? To empower your people means to release people's volcanic energy and creativity. You don't hold it up inside. When you hire somebody and they come to your organization, it's not about control, 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 control. And here are our processes and here are our procedures. And you just make sure you stay in that and you do it the way we want. I firmly believe this, that the people on your team, not now, now, obviously you have to hire the right people. And we've talked about that a lot here. Okay. It's most important. But if, if you do that, as Jim Collins says, if you get the right people on the bus, you can release them. Yes, you need standard operating procedures. Absolutely. Every organization needs some. It can't be complete freedom like the wild, wild west. But if you grab a hold of people who come to your organization and they're passionate about what you're passionate about, they want to make changes, they want to accept challenges, they want to be problem solvers, they want to change the world, do whatever it is, you can empower them and release them. It's not about the processes all the time. I'm going to hire you just, you know, you can hire anybody to do that. If you are so process driven, well, we'll just hire anybody and say, hey, just follow this booklet right here and you're going to get the same result. I personally believe this. The organization will constantly be changing. Now, I don't think the culture should. And I think you've got to, as a leader, I, I, I think as a leader, you've got to hang on. That culture is something, is a piece that you've got to hang on to as tight as you possibly can. But you've got to understand that your organization is constantly going to be in flux, not only because of the outside, but because of the inside. The people that come into your team, that come into your organization, Their talents and their gifts, their energies and their creativity are going to shape how your organization is, uh, moves forward. And it should. It should. When people leave your organization, I'm not saying this about everybody because not everybody's going to have this and that's okay. You want some yes people. You want some people who are just gifted to say, tell me what to do. You know, A CEO probably shouldn't have a completely driven, ambitious administrative assistant who's constantly thinking outside the box. That's going to frustrate the CEO. And now now this this administrative assistant might move into that and might grow into that. And then the CEO, if if they're really good, moves them into another part of the organization where that personality uh, type can be fully seen and fully empowered. 
but it means that the organization and the team that you leave is constantly changing. Why? Because you're bringing on new people. And there, when somebody leaves your organization, the organization, if that person did well and really uh, showed their creativity, their energy, the organization should look different. So you got to lead by teaching leadership, by empowering, by fostering autonomy. Tell people the vision, share with them the vision. That's the job of the leader. Share with them where you're going, how you're going to get there. Well, not necessarily how you're going to get there, but share with them where, what's the intended outcome? What's the objective? And then you give them the autonomy to get there because you've hired the right person. You don't have to micromanage them. And then also providing direction and lending support. There will be times as leaders, we have to step in and we've got to give a a little direction. And if we're working for really great people, at times they're going to need it and they're going to ask for it and they're going to want it. Okay. And then lend support. I think the greatest thing a leader should say is how can I make you successful? Consistently asking the team members, how can I make you successful? A teacher is an experienced and relentless learner. I love that. I love that. At the core of every teacher, at the core of every leader, in my opinion, is learning, constant learning, constant and relentless learning. Number five, have faith that leadership can be learned and that it can be taught. Number six, know that the leadership mind can hold opposing ideas and contradictory feelings at one and the same time. And that's hard because that's, that's, where, that's where leadership gets messy, right? That's where we get messy with our own mind. That's anxiety-inducing. And we're going to talk about that here in a couple weeks, this idea of anxiety. But that's hard, this idea of opposing ideas and contradictory feelings. It can achieve comfort. The leadership mind can achieve comfort with the tensions of ambiguity, polarity, and uncertainty. The leadership strategies are instruments of an orchestra playing different melodies to create one symphony. That's such a beautiful example. When when you see a conductor get up and conduct an entire orchestra, often all of these instruments are playing completely different notes, completely different parts, completely different melodies, but you put it all together. And it creates this beautiful sound, this beautiful symphony. And that's what leadership is. But it's understanding, especially the higher you are in the organization, you're going to see these different competing lines of of music and these competing notes working together. Now, obviously, if you're doing it right, you've got the conductor score in front of you. And if you've ever seen an actual conductor score, it's got each page sometimes has up to, I don't know, 20 to 25. There's probably a certain uh, n- number out there, but, but they've got uh, every score. So, so let's say you have you know, piano and strings and horns, and you've got a harp and you've got the drum, uh, you know, you've got the rhythm section, and all that is on one sheet of paper and you're constant flipping. A great conductor can read all of that. Right. And that's our job as leaders is to understand that there's a lot of complexity. We've got to be able to read it. That means staying up at night sometimes, figuring out the system, getting to know our people. You know, we don't necessarily have an um, orchestral score in front of us, but what we do have are the people in front of us. And we can learn by having lots of conversations with them, learning about them and understanding, again, even in your own mind, there can be opposing and contradictory feelings and ideas. That's important for us to understand that. Number seven, be a leader. So this is talking about pragmatic greatness. Be a leader in five areas of life, in your work, in your family, with yourself, 
with this idea of social responsibility, taking care of your community, taking care of the people uh, locally and globally around you, and financial stability. So practically speaking, great leaders aren't just great leaders when they hit the, you know, the hit the floor at work or whatever you call it. They're leaders in their work, family, self, social responsibility, and financial uh, stability. All of that's important to be a leader. Number eight, inform your products and services with the leadership teaching component. You, I love this part right here. You do not sell a product or service. You help customers buy leadership in their affairs. Now, I don't quite understand all of that. Not, and I'm going to have to dive in a little bit deeper on that. That seems really bold. But I think what it's talking about is this idea of helping people adding value. You help customers by leadership in their affairs. So whatever it is, and I, I translate that you know, to say, you're not selling a product or service, you're helping people get better, whatever that product and service may be. I'm thinking right now of a back scratcher. If you create back scratches, well, that's alleviating some kind of pain for your customers. The deeper lesson is consistently be teaching leadership, not only to your, um, to your, you know, to the people who work for your organization, but also the people who are buying your product. You know, that could look like, I think of Tom's shoes, right? Where you buy one pair. And I think they, they have a guarantee that when you buy one pair, they're going to donate a pair to a country, um, uh, to a community in a country that is in need to people who are in need of shoes. That's leadership right there. That's providing leadership. That's showing the way. That's, 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 that's setting the example. Number nine, use both reason and models. So living from the outside in and instincts and intuition living from the inside out. So we've got to understand as leaders, we've got to see the bigger picture outside here. Okay. And we have to take in the knowledge, we have to read, we've got to talk to people, we've got to get the advice we need. But, and this is very important for us, and we've talked about that on the podcast before, we talked about this on the podcast, we've got to be able to find the answer with inside of us or with inside of our team. It can't just be out there. I will tell you this, one of the most empowering things that you can do with your team is to ask them for advice on where you're going. And I think that's kind of inside out because I think you have to look at your team. You have to look at the people who are closest to you in your organization and see them as an extension of you. So if you're constantly just going home and you're thinking about the problem, just coming back and communicating, here's the problem. Here's what we're going to do. Go make it happen. That's disempowering to your team. And you're going to lose a lot of great people. When you look at the problem and say, here's where we're going. And then you go and ask the team, how do we reach our goal? How do we reach the ultimate goal? That's empowering for the team. So use reason and models, and those tend to be outside in, and also use intuition and instincts, and not just your instincts, the instincts of your team. Number 10, expect leadership to lead you and your organization to a higher state of health. That's deep right there. Expect leadership. That's your leadership. That's what you do to lead you and your organization to a higher state of health. That's deep. And what is that saying? You should be getting better because of your leadership. Your organizations should be getting better because of your leadership. 
The people within your organization should be getting better because of your, your leadership. Your community should be getting better because of your leadership. That's the definition of greatness right there. Not only everyone else gets better around you, you get better because of your leadership. That's powerful. If you think about that, you're not just leading the company, you're also leading yourself. And if you're getting worse and you're more stressed and you're more anxious, can you imagine what that's doing to the team of the organization? Pragmatic greatness. According to Peter Kostenbaum. Next week, we're going to talk about philosophical greatness which means character. Today we talked about effectiveness, how to be effective. Next week, we're going to talk about character. I'll see you then.